0: This is Light of the Word. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, the anxiety, the overwhelming pain of worrying about everything.
1: Pastor Steve Mays shares encouragement to combat the phobias in our lives. When you are fearful, you are not making good decisions. And all
0: of a sudden we make more problems, get more people involved because we are afraid of people. You ought to be afraid of just the Lord and that's it.
1: This is Light of the Word, the legacy ministry of Pastor Steve Mays, winning and encouraging people with the teaching of God's Word from Calvary Chapel, South Bay, in Gardena, California. So follow the light of the Word. Tell me, is there something you're afraid of? Well, whatever your fears may be, there's probably an official name for it. For some, there's the actual fear of baldness. It's called paladophobia. Yep, got that one right. Or how about porphyrophobia? Get this one. It's the fear of the color purple. Odontophobia, fear of teeth. And of course, there's phobophobia, the fear of being afraid. Well, today, we're reminded that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a boldness to reach out and share the love of Christ. We find this encouragement in a letter the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy shortly before his execution. Let's listen.
0: Paul now is writing back and He is calling for Timothy to come from Ephesus over to Rome. Paul was now in Rome. He's ready to die. It's been a wonderful life from the very beginning of Damascus all the way through. And Paul has suffered some horrific things and things that are really hard to get a handle on how he could go through those difficult times. His own physical body was tormented. And yet that thorn was given to him that it would balance his own life. And so we come to this chapter. He's in Rome. He's sitting in prison and he's ready to be executed. Jump over to chapter 4 and verses 6 through 9. And it says here in 2 Timothy chapter 4, For I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. And so three things, I have fought, I have finished, and I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not only me, but also them that love his appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. And so the condition was not too great. And ministry is not an easy thing. It will cost you so much if you do it right. And we mentioned this morning that Timothy was very timid. It was the opposite of Paul. Here is a pillar of strength. Here's Timothy, kind of weak. Here's a man who knew what he wanted. Timothy wasn't really sure. So Paul was now going to give Timothy that ministry that God gave to him. And so he was afraid, Timothy. He was scared. He was not really stirring up the gifts that God gave to him. And I believe that Paul gave the ministry to him because of the prophecy upon his life and because of his faith that he had. And so he was timid, he was sick, and he was fearful. And Paul will say in chapter 1, stir up your gift. And secondly, open your mouth, Timothy, you need to speak. And then, Timothy, you need to start leading. You need to take ownership. And once again, he was different. So we jump into chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, and we see the ministry of love that Paul had. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace and mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. He says, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience. That without ceasing, I have remembrance of thee in my prayer night and day. So Paul prayed for Timothy faithfully and so greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. And then he goes on and talks about the importance of a life of faith in verse 5. When I called in remembrance the unfrayed faith, or the tremendous faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois, and thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded that it's in you. What Paul's saying is, you know, I really have a mixed emotions here, but I know that you were taught right. I know that in your head you understand the basis. I know that you believe in God. And I know that everything works up here, but down here it's not working. Because you're seeing people and you're afraid and you can't make a decision and you're ministering out of fear and you're worried about this and you're worried about that. I'm praying that God puts the whole thing together. And that's all it is. Sometimes you have everything you need but you're afraid to make a step. Sometimes you keep begging God for this incredible gift of love when you have that gift of love, but you've never shared it with anybody. And so Paul's praying that this gift of faith would become practical, that it would become real. And then in verse 6 and 7, he goes on, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of hands. For God has not given to us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now in verse seven, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. When I was in Nigeria, I cannot tell you how afraid I was. I have been all over the world traveling. I've never been afraid. But I was so afraid in Nigeria, I thought I was going to die. And I don't know what happened. I know that it was after 9-11. We were way up in the Muslim area. We were in a Muslim hotel. And you know that the one gift that God's given to me, even stronger than teaching, is this sermon. And I knew in my heart we were in trouble. And when they came in and they had this black wax, I knew we were in trouble. And I said, what's that for? They said, well, if we need to get you out of here, you can't be white no more. Okay, we are in trouble. And so I started praying, God, make me black. God, make me black. God, I want to be black. Please, and Jesus, I, you, I'm serious. I'm dead serious. And it was, and, and all of a sudden, I couldn't believe it. The fear just got a hold of my heart. And so I opened the windows. And I thought, well, I'll just let the sun in. I opened the windows and they're all looking at me. And so I shut the windows. I'm thinking, oh Lord. And then they wanted to move me downstairs. And in my heart, I felt like I was going to get kidnapped. And so I said, I'll stay up here. And they got pretty upset. And it was so bad that even the Gideons didn't go out. The, The black Gideons did not even go out into the Muslim city. It was pretty bad. And so my heart was praying, and I had to teach that night. And so I'm praying, God, give me angels. Lord, show me angels. And I'm there and looking around and no angels. And all of a sudden, the deputy general of Nigeria comes in with his bodyguards, with these M16s. And they're walking down. I'm teaching the Bible, and they're walking down the middle aisle. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, Lord. And so he gets up on stage, and they all sit behind me. And the Lord says, these are your angels. I'm like, okay. Okay. I'll take them. I'll take Angels, M60, anything you have right now, I'll take. <laughs> and it was kind of sad because I, I just was afraid. And I just felt like God helped me. And so we got in the car, we drove down the street, and the two Nigerians are fighting back and forth. And I'm saying, God, this is not a good thing for them to be fighting. Two whites and a black, two blacks in the front, they're fighting. And I'm saying, oh, God, if they don't pay attention, we're going to get lost. And so we went down this alley, and it was a dead end. And we got surrounded. And we got delivered. But what a lesson, finally. And I said, Lord, why did you bring me here? He said, I didn't bring you here to use you to minister. I brought you here to show you something. I want you to see the fear in your heart. And right there, God gave me the scripture. Stephen, I'm not giving you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And at that point, everything went away. It didn't make a difference who I was or what color I was or where I was or Muslim. It didn't make a difference. And so my heart, I wanted to leave. It's time to go. Let's go. And all of a sudden, the flyer circulated in Nigeria that I was speaking at this church. I'm thinking, who did that? See, God knew. I told him I had victory, but God knew. And here my face is plastered all over and I had to go out. But when I went out, stood in that pulpit. Felt, I love the people, but God had to do something. And all of a sudden, he did it. And it was the most wonderful time. On the way back out of Nigeria, we're heading out. We got pulled over. And the police said, what are you doing? We're leaving. No, you're not. You're going to jail. And I thought, we're going to die. I can't believe this. And the guy looked in the back window, and there were Bibles. Gideon Bibles. He goes, give me those Bibles and you can go. I said, give them all. (laughs) And we got out. And the whole way home, I just felt ashamed. Really ashamed. I thought, I shouldn't even be a pastor. But God did a work so deep that it took months for it to come out. And what I realized is that I didn't want to die. No one wants to die. But There comes a time that when you look at everything, you finally come to realize, I'm ready. This is where God has me. And Paul said, I was pressed down without measure, shaken. I had this sentence of death in myself. And this is what he said that I would not have confidence in myself, but I would have confidence in the Lord. You see, I put my eyes upon everything else except what God wanted. And God nailed me in Nigeria. But when we got to where we were going, they had already killed two other pastors. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, help me. And once again, it's if you're where God wants you, no one can touch you. And so the lessons were so deep in my life. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, the anxiety, the overwhelming pain of worrying about everything. He said to the disciples, oh, ye of little faith. In other words, did God bring you here? Yes. Did God orchestrate it? Yes. Then do it for the glory of God. Well, I went to do it, but God had another agenda. And sometimes God will bring that deep, deep fear to the surface, and you're ashamed. You feel like you could have done better, or you could have loved better, or you could have ministered better, or you could have just done a better job. Well, maybe so, maybe not. You do the best you can, And you learn your lessons. And when God sends you back another time, God will work. And it's kind of a good thing to kind of understand. And so he says here, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance, stir up the gift. Timothy, don't let the fear get a hold of your heart. And the reason why? He hasn't given you the spirit of fear, but what power and love and of a sound mind. When you're fearful, you're not loving. When you are fearful, you are not making good decisions. When you are fearful and you are worried, you are going to do more damage. There's more damage in the church because we minister out of insecurity. We're afraid so-and-so is going to say something, so we don't say it. Or we know what they're going to say, we think we do, and we say it a different way. Instead of just saying it like it is, we go around here, and we do this, we do that, and all of a sudden we make more problems, get more people involved, and all the people and all the things happening is because we are afraid of people. You ought to be afraid of just the Lord, and that's it. And so this fear of I'm afraid, what's going to happen? Your fear becomes a prophecy, and now you you look at people and you say, "Well, they don't like me." And you come to church, "They don't like me." You come, to, "They don't like me." Next, they're the devil. Well, they love you. They're praying for you. They're supporting you. They are your best friend. Well, no, they're not. They don't look at me. You see we have all these things going on in our minds. The fear destroys lives. And God says to Timothy, "No fear." And the prophecy was given and then he mentions in verse 8, "...be thou therefore not ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, no of his prisoner, but be thou partakers of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God." And then in verse 9, "...who has saved us, and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to Christ Jesus before the world began." but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought life and incorruption to light. In other words, he's going to change us. So in verse 8, write the word power. and verse 9, write the word grace. In verse 10, write the word death. And this is what Paul's saying. Try to keep it in context. When you're reading about Timothy, Paul is writing to Timothy. When you're reading... Jeremiah, Jeremiah is sharing about the destruction of Jerusalem. When you read Lamentation, it is Jeremiah weeping over cities that have been destroyed. When you all of a sudden begin to read the book of Kings, it's about the kings that did not do right before God. In other words, put yourself in that situation. And here in verse 8, be thou, Timothy, Not ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. In other words, Timothy, do not be afraid that Jesus died. Now, Timothy is thinking, if I come to Rome, I'm going to die. And I think it's kind of interesting. He's tucked away in Ephesus, kind of good. Nero's in Rome. Why would I want to go see Paul in Rome? Timothy, come here. Oh, Paul, please, do I have to come? Come to Rome, Timmy. Well, Nero was going to kill Paul. That means Nero was going to kill anybody close to Paul. Therefore, Timothy was afraid. Therefore, God put it on Paul's heart to call Timothy to bring out that fear. Does that sound familiar? And God will use teachers, and God will use business, and God will use churches to get the truth out. Timothy, come. But Timothy, don't be afraid of the testimony of our Lord. He did die. Nor of me a prisoner. Yes, Timothy, I'm in prison. But be thou partakers of the cross. Timothy, Jesus died. Timothy, I'm going to die. Timothy, you're going to die. Come. Oh, no, Paul. Please, no. But thou be partakers of the affliction. Now, when you accept it, you're okay. But until you accept it, you will wig out. And so, if you don't have a heart to go to Iraq and be a missionary, you shouldn't go. If you're not willing to die, God hasn't called you. If you say to me, I'm going to Iraq, I'm going to ask you, Are you ready to die? I am ready right now to die. Then go to Iraq. And so, what he's saying is, Don't be afraid. Of the Lord, don't be afraid of me a prisoner. But Peter, turn it around. God hasn't given you the spirit of fear, but of power and love. Go after the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Timothy, you can't do this thing without God's power. And so in verse 8, Timothy, you need the power of God. And then in verse 9, Timothy, you need the grace of God who has saved us. Timothy, we've been saved. He's called us into a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose. That is so good. Well, I want to do this. No, this is what God wants you to do. Paul said, I'm going to minister to the Jews. Nope, you got the Gentiles. Peter, you got the Jews. But no, God, I, no. Paul, this is what I want. I want to, nope, you do this. I want to be the mouth. No, you're the toe. In other words, you have to accept the purposes of God in your life. And so he declares not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Now check this out. Your gift was given to you before the worlds were ever made. What does God want me to do? You got to figure that out. Well, how do I figure out? You try. I don't like that. It's not God's will. I'm going to try this children's ministry. I don't like this at all. Well, then God doesn't want you If you like throw up and you like babies, God's called you. Well, I'll try the gardening business. If you don't like snails and you don't like getting your little goes dirty, God hasn't called you. Or I like speaking, okay? Then go ahead and speak before. I don't like crowds. God hasn't called you. What do you like doing? I like giving. Have you given? I love giving. Okay, then take your checkbook out and write a check. I can do that. Then do it. Well, I don't like doing that. I don't have much money. I like helping. Well, what do you like helping? I like vacuuming. Then vacuum. What does God want you to do? Well, I like business. I like kind of organizing. I like telling people what to do. That's not bad. You're a leader. You just got to do it the right way. I like taking broken things and fixing it then come down and fix all the broken doors here. I can do that. In other words, find what you like doing because God put that in your heart. And then lastly, he says in verse 10, but if now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought life. In other words, Timothy, you got to learn something, son. You see, so far, just in 10 verses, I'm taking my time. Paul is after something, and and I think this is where we make a mistake. We see a shortcoming in our kids, and we yell at them, and we don't help them overcome it. Or, Or we see a staff member that is kind of not doing a good job, and so we say he's rebellious, but we really haven't helped him get through that situation, or maybe he doesn't belong there. In other words, until you're willing to jump in and help, you really don't have the right to criticize And so, this is the heart of a father. To take a group of people and be patient, be gentle, be firm, and be strong. You can do that with your family, you can do that with your business, and you can do that with your ministries. But the moment you stop loving, or stop leading, or stop praying, then it's not a ministry. It's all about self. Timothy, you're going to die. Accept it. I'm going to die. Jesus died. You're going to die. Paul was going to give Timothy the whole thing. He didn't want to give it to somebody who was afraid to die. If you take this Timothy, you take the whole thing. People say, well, I want to teach. Then here's the keys to the whole church. You got to do it all. Well, I don't want to do that. Then God has called
1: You take it all or take nothing. Pastor Steve Mays, with the encouragement of Paul to cast off all fear for the sake of the gospel. Glad you're joining us today here on Light of the Word. And of course, you can join us anytime, day or night, 24-7 at lightoftheword.org to hear today's message or to hit the archive button and catch up on each series, like this series from Timothy that we've been in since last week. And today's message is part two of what we started yesterday. Now, Pastor Steve has covered a lot of ground in the last couple of days, maybe too much to grasp by listening through just one time. That's why we'd like to make the entire lesson available to you on CD or MP3. We now have it ready to send out as soon as you request it. So get in touch and ask for the lesson called Be Not Ashamed when you call 1-800-339-WISE. That's 1-800-339-WISE. Or drop us a note, care of Light of the Word, Box 300, Torrance, California, 90507. You can also see the details at our website, lightoftheword.org. Also, in this short month of February, maybe you're feeling like, well, you're trying to squeeze too much into your schedule. Maybe your schedule is even doing a little squeezing of its own, all the time leaving God out as you overburden yourself with other things and become overwhelmed with all the places you have to be and the things you have to do. Well, we have a two book tune-up for you to get that drive back on track. It's Pastor Steve's great books Overcoming and Overwhelmed by God and Not Your Troubles. We think you're going to like both of these books. Now in the book Overcoming, Pastor Steve talks about all the luggage and the burdens that we often try to take with us as we travel through life. How anxiety and regret slow us down and sometimes force us off the straight and narrow road as our spiritual life goes flat. But you know, just like the popular song, the book encourages us to let Jesus take the wheel in life as we take the back seat and let God do all the driving and direct us. And of course, while you're in that proverbial back seat, you'll be in the perfect place to read Pastor Steve's other book called Overwhelmed by God and Not Your Troubles. It's the perfect combination of books to help us keep perspective and remind us that God really is in control. Now, this book was written during some of the most trying times in Pastor Steve's life physically. Of course, those physical handicaps and the pain he experienced could have easily distracted him from his mission and left him mentally and spiritually depressed. But instead, he chose to let those circumstances fuel his passion to seek the Lord first and see how God added blessings he never would have otherwise known or understood, blessings that could only be appreciated after experiencing loss. Overwhelmed by God and not your troubles, along with the book, Overcoming, prepare us by giving us a glimpse of that appreciation. Ask about that two-book tune-up when you call us at 1-800-339-WISE. To get overwhelmed by God and not your troubles, as well as overcoming in hard copy, ebook, or audiobook. simply call 1-800-339-WISE. It's also right there at our website, lightoftheword.org. That's lightoftheword.org. Next time, Steve shares more ways we can live out the life the Lord has intended for us. More good insight. His studies through First Timothy. When we continue here on Light of the Word. Light of the Word. Light of the Word. The
0: hope that shines in darkness.
1: So we'll follow the light. Of